Welcome to Escape from the Ordinary Podcast. I'm your host, Ryan Teague, and today we have Ben from Kings and Thieves with me, an absolutely incredible creative who's made his mark in the photography world and has such a unique perspective on the way he photographs. And I'm super excited to dig in as I know a lot of friends who have been personally mentored by Ben, and it's an honor to have him on the show today. As always, guys, if you're enjoying the podcast, head over to Apple Podcasts or on Spotify or anywhere you listen to the podcast. And I'd obviously love it if you could leave a review. It means the world to me. And also, if you have a guest that you would love to hear from, feel free to DM me or head over to ryanteague.co and send us a message. Let us know the person that you'd love to hear on the show, and uh, we'll do our best to get them on the show. And hopefully bring you many many more amazing episodes in 2022 where's this year gone crazy 2022 anyway let's jump into today's episode today i've got ben from kings and thieves with me an incredible creative who's uh definitely made his mark in the photography world and i'm super stoked to have him he's online with me and uh welcome mate hey man thanks so much for having me dude dude absolute pleasure man i've been um Yeah, really, really keen on getting you on. I know you're a busy man and hard to get in touch with, but it was like you said, today or never. So we're on and um, yeah, super stoked, man. Would you, Ben, could you tell the listeners where you're based, mate? And obviously most of them are probably going to be aware of you, but yeah, give them a bit of a backstory where you're at. Cool, man. So I'm based here on the Blue Mountains up in Blackheath, recording, sitting just outside in the garden of our little studio here. The little studio is called Damn Dramatic and it's not little at all. We marry people in here. We do barbering in here. It's the home office for both myself and Jack the Hitcher and our third business partner, Max Steele. So yeah, man, there's a lot going on. We were just complaining about the heat before we started recording. And uh, it's fucking, what, 23 degrees and it's sweltering at the moment for us, man. <laughs> Dude, I'm sitting in like a 40 degree oven right now, shirtless, dead. Like, <laughs> I'm just like, give me 23 all day, oh, mate. Yeah. So tell me, Ben, going back, I know it's kind of not where I was expecting the podcast to go, but just initially, you mentioned that you have like a studio there and um, with Jack as well. I think he's a celebrant. Can you explain what that is? Is that more like your office space or you're shooting studio portraiture and stuff like that in there? Yeah, so it's a mixture of everything, man. So I think I'll, I'll just tell you the story. I suppose it'd be the easiest thing. So uh, me and Jack, Jack uh, Jacinta, Jack the Hitcher, we were talking about 18 months ago about you know, the perils of working from home and, you know, how amazing it is, sure, but like how unromantic it can be at the same time. You know, locking yourself away in a spare bedroom, doing a lot of work with kids knocking on your door all day, blah, blah, blah. Hard to get into the zone. I think mentally for myself, it would have been easier for me to exit a front door and re-enter a different door. So as me and Jack were talking about that, we cooked up this idea of damned romantic, which is, it serves primarily as our little hub, our little office space, for her work, my work, and we've recently, you know, well, since talking, we roped in uh, Max Steele, who's our uh, barber. So once we roped him in, we were thinking, fuck, man, like, we could do so much more with this space. Why not marry people in here as well? So we have the formula down pat. People roll up into our car park. They grab a beer from the fridge, sit down on the couch. Two minutes later, they're hitched, and then they're back out the door, just like that. And we resume back to our office duties. So yeah, it's been a little bit of a labor of love. We secured lease about a year ago, started doing our first weddings back then. And that was difficult, man, with all these COVID lockdowns and 
you know, Jack was still living in a different state at the time. So she'd have to fly up and officiate the wedding and then fly back down for her normal life and normal business as well. But man, we made it work. We got a big old mural painted by Cindy Sin. It's like 10 meters long and a couple of meters high, which serves as the backdrop for all of our you know, marriages that go on in there. But yeah, it also serves as like a little studio space as well. I shoot a little bit of boudoir in there, the occasional portrait, maxi chops um, every single day doing barbering and shave. So there's plenty of daily traffic. We sell merch. And yeah, it's a place where we can just sit down and get some shit done and have a good time while doing so. Dude, so when you, when you first came up with this idea, I mean, I'm completely fucking familiar with this whole like working from home balance stuff. I mean, it's so tough, especially being a father. And it's like, yeah, like I love that. Like you can exit one door and open another door and have maybe like the freedom of creativity and the mindset and shift and stuff like that. But it sounds like when you first come up with that idea, it wasn't anything to do with, hey, this could be a wedding venue. It was more like, was it, hey, let's work together out of somewhere out of our home first? Yeah, it was like a bit of a one-two punch. It started being like uh, complaining about working from home. Uh, which I know is a dream for a lot of people, but you know when you run your own business and you have been working for home from home for years, it's a bit of a different mm. story. It wasn't soon after thinking about all of that that we came up with the idea of actually marrying people in here and making it an extra business for us. So, first bit was working from home. No, nah. second bit was let's make some you know couples happy and uh, do it our way. And how's that going? Like, are you still rolling with that now? Like, yeah, a couple still getting married there? Yeah, dude, yeah. totally. Uh, we had one of our busiest periods during the last COVID lockdown. Uh, lots of people getting sick and tired of their big weddings being yeah, knocked yeah. around by COVID and lockdowns and all this. So they change up their plans. They find us, and because we have you know normal caps on uh, you know normal amounts of guests, so for our base package, where we allow up to two guests, and that's it. So it's completely COVID friendly. We made a lot of bookings and now we're just catching up on all the shoots and all the marriages that we do have. So yes, busy times, not just with Dan Dramatic, but you know, with Kings and Thieves and our other businesses as well. It's um it's a mixture of picking up a bunch of new bookings and also catching up on the ones that were affected by COVID. So um it's been good. It feels good to be like out and about in the sunshine with a camera in my hands. But uh, it was zero to hundred in no time. As soon as lockdowns were lifted. It was uh, time to go. I was about to say, it's, it seems like perfect timing, don't you think? You know, like a lot of couples getting fucked around by venues or just over it. And then you, this micro wedding kind of like place pops up and it's like, hey man, this is no fluff. This is probably a 10th of our price that we're, we're going to be paying. Mm-hmm. And we don't want to do a third post moment. Let's rock and roll. Do you feel like, like exactly. the timing was like such a vital thing? Oh, absolutely. Again, it was now and ever. Primarily, mm. you know, it was the working from home and it was, hey, let's do this fun idea. Mm. But yeah, the timing was absolutely crucial as well. Being at the start of, you know, when COVID first hit, the start of 2019. Yeah, absolutely, man. So we yeah, married a bunch of couples last year and this year and next year, Jack and I are taking it on the road as well, doing our own little team up. Similar kind of feel, <laughs> photographer, celebrant cheap as chips and it may come yep. to us so we might set up we've got one event cooking at the moment which is valentine's at valentina's and it's valentina's all day diner down in marrickville in sydney and the whole idea is that people you know show up to valentina's they get served a slab of pie get some coffees and then we marry them while sitting down in a booth seat and then they're out the door again we just do that all day man so similar kind of concept again and if we can be busy with that kind of thing i reckon that'd be phenomenal cool 
Dude, it's like refreshing to hear as well. Hey, I know a lot of couples, as you already know, you see the demand there, but I'm sure a lot of couples are just like, this is what we've been waiting for, man. Like, as you know, bro, like you shoot a lot of weddings, you know, a lot of couples get married because they're, they're not even into it. You know, it's follow the leader as such. A lot of the times that's pretty unfortunate, but it's cool. Like with this fresh new look and the and what the whole COVID situation's done has made people like yourself like start offering other things and and see the market and shift in the buyer behavior and stuff. But in terms of your role with that, like say for example, I was coming to get married, you know, we're in there, boom, quick little ceremony, official done. Like are you doing photos? Yeah, absolutely. So um, with our base package with Dan Dramatic, we just offer Polaroids and then digital photos. Okay. It's a little upsell from there. So our base package starts at 666, 666 bucks. Yep. You get married, you get a bunch of Polaroids and then you're out the door. <laughs> but yeah, the packages go up from there, man. Obviously, like with you know, small or big photo shoots and yep. having been here in the mountains as well, there's lots of different opportunities for epic cliff mm-hmm. photos or like rainforest photos or whatever you, you, know, you want. We can head to the bar if you want and get photos there. It's, uh, mm-hmm. you know, we can do whatever people want. So I get to have a lot of fun and a lot of creative liberty in taking photos in such a restrained kind of way, which I think is mm. very important. Like when you're given all the options of like all these cameras that we have, right? Digital cameras, so many different ways of recording or documenting, you sort of get lost in the noise a little bit. So by locking yourself down and putting yourself inside a little creative box, it forces you to mm. become more innovative with your creativity. And that's exactly what I found here. I got two things on that, man. With the Polaroids, so you're just shooting Polaroids and just delivering them like straight to them in the hand and then they're off type yep, thing. That's it. No post production. I scan them. That's about it. Add it to a gallery and then. Oh, you scan them? Yeah. Yeah. We say Sayonara. And when I scan them, man, I just saw them on my phone using a, like, a Google app, which yep, yep, takes like yep. a you know, high res scan of it. But yeah, literally, that's about it, man. If there's any more post production, say they wanted digital photos or if they wanted something else, then yep, yep. sure, there is. But yeah, on the whole, it's pretty easy. I love that thing you're talking about. I don't want to stay on the camera systems or anything, but like the, how you're talking about that constraints, like that whole thing. And I guess from someone that doesn't know much about your business, but have seen you around, it's your creativity that's like really fucking striking the uniqueness of what you create. And I'm sure a lot of couples come to you and they're like, hey, we need you. You know, this is, a, I, was, I was speaking to... um. Joel Elston a while ago and I was like you know like his shift and I'm like man we're talking and I was like he's like before man it was like send me your prices and then there was like a competition you know who's the cheapest or what are they making similar work now it's like hey they've they've come out and sought me the biggest question I have I guess Ben is when you first started into photography or wedding photography let's say was it what we see today as in the industry itself or my work no your work was it the left field creativity that we see today? Yeah, no. So um, I started wedding photography in 2015 or 2016, one of the two. And when I started, mm-hmm. I really wanted to cause a bit, of sh- a bit of a shift in the industry, which is a lofty goal for anyone. So I guess I launched it for me primarily. Like I wanted to create frames that weren't being done anywhere else. It's primarily a creative endeavor for myself. But also knowing that me and my um, ex-partner, we got married about eight years ago. And when we were looking for a wedding photographer, it was very tough to find somebody who we actually wanted. And in the end, we ended up you know, settling for um, a nice wedding photographer. Don't get me wrong, but the shots were very wedding photography-y. You know? mm-hmm. So when I got into it a few years later, I really wanted to do it differently from the get-go. 
And so from there, I've developed a lot of different, you know, little philosophies or different techniques that I like to use, things that work primarily for me, but things that I like to teach other people too. The point is we are creating these photos in these galleries that are going to outlive us and they're going to be the introduction to you know their kids their kids of kids and so on they're going to they, these these photos that we make they have a long shelf life it's not just a cute snap here and there that mm. we deliver there's so much more legacy that goes into them so if anything we are doing a disservice to the couples if we're getting them into trendy poses or just taking cute snaps here and there there's so much more uh deepness to it so i really wanted to focus on that when i first started kings and Thieves. Do you think that shift came from you going through your wedding? And I know like we're not going to talk down your photographer or anything, but like you going through that process and coming out and being like, maybe this isn't me. That's not me. You know, like I think like, was it the kind of mental shift there? And you're going like, this could be done different, man. Yeah, it was, it was a mixture of all of that. And then also seeing the offerings that were out there. Like when I received the photos back, mm. um, I didn't feel like myself that much. Yeah, Sure, it was a photo of me having a great time on my wedding day. But I, I, I feel like there was an opportunity missed. And that's an opportunity that I yes. don't want to miss in my own uh, you know, business and creativity. What would that opportunity be, you think? To be capturing photos of people, like who they actually are and how they actually operate with each other. Because a lot of couples are not into PDA. They, you know, not Mm. everyone wants a big kissing shot. Not everyone wants a gallery full of, you know, 1,200 shots with all the options. There's a lot of people out there who just want uh, photos of them and of their love and they want to celebrate that with high vibes. So with that, I'm never forcing a mood with my photography. I'm never making it purposely dark and moody or bright and airy or anything. It's as it was, but obviously told through the lens of me, if that makes sense. Mm -hmm. So Mm. really, I'm just trying to get to the depth of it depth of you know who they are and how they do life oh man this is digging in deep so like there's so many things to unpack here and i know this is what you do really well and i've spoken to friends who who are friends with you or have been mentored by you and they always just say like man like have a chat to them about like creating photographs for the couple that are the couple and and shooting in and out which i want to get into but on a practical sense of thing creating photographs of who they are I guess a lot of the listeners are going to be like, and myself is like, okay, cool. How do we get to that point though? Yeah. So I was just about to say, oh, easy, bro, but it's not. <laughs> yeah. And the way I've sort of like distilled it down and the way that it works for me is that I show up as a person and not as a photographer. So when I show up to any shoot, I'm not there in a photographer role. I roll in, I say hey to everyone, give them all big cuddles, and we start catching up and we talk like humans. There's no business when I start showing up. All the business should be done before the shoot starts, Okay. I'll grab a beer from the fridge. I'll generally just catch up. And once that ice has been broken, once it feels comfortable to start shooting, that's when I start shooting. And obviously, there's a lot of stuff that we can be doing before the shoot even happens with meetings, for example. When you think about a meeting, you think about a business meeting, like what's happening on your wedding day, what's the logistics, what's the schedule, blah, 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 which is all well and good. And you need to know some of that Mm. stuff. But primarily for me, it's getting to know the couple and for them to feel that trust reciprocated. Because it's a very vulnerable thing, right? Especially not just with weddings, but with boudoir or any kind of portrait or any kind of photo taking. It's a, it can be a, an uncomfortable experience. So you want to really mm. know the person who's shooting you. I've always said, man, that some of the best shots that you'll ever get, the frames that are taken by a friend, 
So I really want to try and like enter that sort of trust bubble before I start shooting so that they can get a bunch of frames that might have been taken by a friend, if that makes sense. Practically, that just means, well, it means a few things, but one of my most favorite prompts is if it doesn't feel right, then get closer. Okay, so I'll be there uh-huh. with my camera, and if I'm sniping somebody from across the room and it doesn't feel right to me, then I ditch that photo. Mm. I walk up, I start a conversation, and I shoot them halfway through the conversation, just on the sly, from the hip. And it's going to be blurry, it's going to be out of focus, and it's going to be terrible. But you've captured them in mid laugh or mid conversation where they actually mm. engage with me as a human. And I think those photos speak a lot deeper than just a stand there, smile, snap. That's a shot. Because when you stand there and smile, snap, take a shot, it's always a mask. And you're not getting the true person behind that. You're getting a version of that. But when you engage with them in conversation, you're getting their true selves all of the time. i got two things on that. So if we visualize something here, like say say you turn up to the guys, right, in the morning, you know, to photograph or whatever. Like let's say it's a, it's a big wedding. Because I know a lot of photographers be like, well, that's nice. Like I get it going in kind of like, creating an atmosphere where they feel like I'm a person. Do you sometimes feel like you need to allocate more time? Because I know a lot of photographers like, oh, half an hour with the groom, one hour with the bride. And then it's like, man, half an hour. Fuck. I wonder what you are a photographer (laughs) for sure, because you have to be in that half an hour. There's not much kind of rapport building. Do you feel like that's Mm -hmm. got something to play with it as well? The time that you, you emphasize with them? Yeah, definitely. So there's, two edges of that sword, man. Like I can roll in, I think anyone actually can roll in and get some of the greatest shots possible within a two minute window, right? Mm. So with that kind of sense, I could roll in, spend 28 minutes with the guys, not taking a single shot and take the shots within that two minute window, right? Uh, It's very easy to roll in and be the photographer and start snapping away at all the things. But then you're delivering a gallery with lots of half-hour shots, right? Or shots where it seems like there's a long warming up period. So I really try, like, especially now with life being so busy, right? And, Mm -hmm. um, you know, people wanting photos so quickly and me wanting to see the shots and uh, deliver the shots so quickly as well. I really want to be try try to be more, like, purposeful and intentional when I am taking a photo. But primarily, yeah, you show up as a photographer, sure. But primarily, man, you're a human. You're another one of the guys. You're another just Mm. person there. So if you spend most of that time, say that half an hour, building rapport and just catching up Mm. as best as you can, I know that in some situations, that's easier said than done. It's primarily just that trust bubble. So if you invest a lot more energy into that trust bubble and then start taking shots, you're going to get a lot better shots uh, in a lot less time as well. The same thing goes for any type of shoot. Like if you're showing up to you know the other partner and they have like an hour allotted, uh-huh. that's a lot of time. So I get to spend a lot more time just hanging out. If it's not just talking to whoever's getting married, it might be some of the guests that they have arriving mm. at the house. Just being, again, human and celebrating those vibes. The last thing that I want to do as a photographer, if you think about like a wedding day or or like any kind of shoot as a graph, I think you want that graph always going up or at least staying stable. Nothing that I do or any photographer or any vendor should do is affect that graph negatively. So I don't want to stop the flow of things just so I can take a photo Uh because that's when the masks go up. That's when the trust gets locked off a lot of the Mm -hmm. time. You'd rather just flow with that flow and get the better shots. Does that make sense? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So... I love that because I did read something about this might have been on your website about not affecting the flow of a day and like being there with the vibrations and the energy from the day and stuff. I mean, we've all been in those positions before, right? We everything's like going and then um, you know, photographer, videographer, whatever, friend or something, it's like 
impose this, hey, now nah, can we quickly just do this? And you can just see everything drop, right? And, that, and that's all you're talking about, I guess. One thing I want to ask you on that, Ben, is like staying in this whole morning prep side where you're, you know, you're spending the time to catch up and chat and, and break down those walls, I guess, if they are there. How focused are you on the light rather than the, the subject or emotional connection in that image? What's your main, like, because I know a lot of photographers will get that and they'll be like, oh yeah, but if I move them over here, they're going to be back then. That's what I'm jamming, you know? Like, are you just like, nah, man, if you're in the kitchen, that's where it's at. Yeah, pretty much. So I always ask, who is this photo for? Is it for me or is it for them? And if I'm affecting the flow by moving them into better life, yes. then I'm making a photo for me, which isn't what I want to do. Mm -hmm. I want to make photos for them. That's what they've hired me for. And that's where the best shots are going to happen because that's where they're doing life right now. So I guess in that sense, light is secondary. Composition isn't secondary. Everything mm -hmm. else comes secondary. First of mm -hmm. all, it's that human connection. And if they're getting down in the kitchen, then that's where it goes. Of course, there'll be situations where if I see an opportunity for fucking amazing light, yes. I will generally request, let's move it over here. Uh -huh. and just get some killer shots over here. And obviously, they're going to be cool with that because they want some great shots as well. Yes. Or if it's inside and there's fluorescent bulbs that are just messing with the shutter speed, obviously, I'll play around with that just a little bit, but never calling attention to it at the same time. Like if, if something isn't working in my camera, I'll put the camera down, I'll flick off the light, I'll say, that's much better. And then I'll start shooting from there again. So yeah, obviously, there's little tweaks and, and things, but a great photo doesn't even need that much light doesn't need uh, composition or anything. It's the emotional connection. And sure, light, composition, framing, all of that stuff can lend to making a truly emotional image or something that you can connect to. But I think what we experience as humans is so much more than that. Mm, mm. It's refreshing to hear, man. It sounds like, um, I mean, I'd love to be on the other side of your lens, I guess. But what's the first thing that comes to your mind when I ask this question? Let's take your business, Ben, Kings and Thieves, and what you've learned over the years and how you shoot and all these like things that you've come up with for you to be able to create the photos you create. And let's take someone that's just been in the industry for two years, three years, or 10 or whatever, but they feel like they're just creating generic work. Let's just call it generic. We won't call anyone out, but it's generic. What's one mm -hmm. of the biggest things that come to your mind when I ask, what's the thing that separates you and them? <laughs> that's a really tough question, but... um. I guess it's, again, just focusing on being human. And also, I mean, I know I've spoken a heap about being human, but like with that comes levity and it comes excitement and laughter and all these great high vibes that we experience as humans, right? I, I think a lot of the time when we get too far in the wedding box, we tend to take things too seriously. And sure, it might be going against what I was saying before, how we have this deep responsibility as photographers, as the guardians of these moments in time to capture mm. the right shot, right? But at the same time, we should be having a lot of fun with that. Mm -hmm. And I think that for anyone who's like not feeling their groove or anyone who's stuck, find ways to have some more fun with it. So the way I do that just recently, obviously just having conversations with more people. At the end of the day, if you're scared about having conversations with people, you got to remember that that's a person over there, just like you, where, you know, two arm, two leg, usually meat sacks, filled with the same aspirations and the same needs how bad can it be you know what i mean it's just levity i think uh cracking a fart joke making a dirty joke halfway through portraits or family photos not taking yourself too seriously because at the end of the day what's the worst thing that can happen maybe an even better shot will happen or it'll feel awkward for a split second then everyone forgets about it and you can go on with your day and then you can deliver the shoot and move on to the next one you know so i guess it's not taking yourself too seriously do you feel as though sometimes like 
you adjust your personality to surroundings you're in? That's a really good question. I'm an introvert by heart through and through. So after this podcast, man, I'm taking a nap. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so same goes for a wedding. There's definitely a, um, a persona that gets brought up because if I show up as my normal introverted yes. self, it's got to lead to a bit of a different result. And you know what? Sometimes some shoots call for that. So there is definitely a bit of like tweaking to that energy, to that atmosphere, but I'm never putting anything on. There is pure energy that comes out of me mm-hmm. as just like with anyone else. It's not making a completely brand new persona. It's just showing up and wanting to have a good time. If that answers the question. Mm, no, most definitely. I think it's, um, it's really interesting to see because, um, yeah, some people might just hear what you're talking about and be like, oh man, he's an extrovert. He's just cool with everyone. And then when they really dig and they're like, oh shit, I'm an introvert as well. You know, like he is a human and that's what, it, that's what everything you're saying has come down to, which is, which is beautiful to hear. Now, I know you do like mentoring and stuff and I want to kind of dig into a few of these, these major things that we see, but just quickly before I jump in, you said like shooting from the hip and not worrying about like, you know, if it's out of focus and shit like that. Is that a technique that you actually utilize throughout the day? Most, a lot of the time? Oh yeah. Every single time, every single time. In fact, I think it's lucky if one of my shots are in focus, (laughs) (laughs) but it doesn't matter what I shoot, man. The approach is always the same. If I'm shooting boudoir or portraits or a damn romantic wedding or matrimony of any other kind, I'm still thinking about shooting in and not at which sort of sums up what I've been saying. Like if you show up as a human and get to know the people, then you can shoot their insides instead of just making a fake shot from the outside. (laughs) Dude, that was my next thing. And I mean, this all just tied into that shoot in, not at. And I think I had um, Christian from Paper Bear Weddings. I think you've mentored him before and he was explaining this. I just caught up with him like two days ago. Oh yeah, legend. Such a nice dude. And um. Yeah, bro. He brought it up and I was like, asking him, I was like, man. And he's like, yeah, after he's like, dude, you're to get Ben on. And I was like, yeah, we'll dig into shoot in, not at. But I mean, everything you've said, Ben, kind of makes sense on that. Now, when you go into like the portrait shoot, let's say with a couple, like let's just use a standardized wedding. Cause I know some of your weddings are very different and stuff like that. You got a double header tomorrow where friends are getting married and blah, blah, blah. Let's just use a general wedding outline. You've got, you know, 30 minutes or whatever with a couple and, and you're going into this photo shoot. Is there anything you're doing differently at that time? Because I know like you've got like, you know, fuck posing and all that and unposing, you know, blah, blah, blah. But like to the practical terms, what happens when there's a couple just standing there staring at each other and then it's like, but their mind or their voice is saying, hey, Ben, what do you want us to do? Yeah, that's a really good question again, because I run into that every shoot. People aren't models, man. They are not used to having a camera pointed directly at them. So what I'm doing during that time is really trying to make them feel comfortable. If it's a couple who feel like they need a lot more time to get into the flow and into the rhythm of things, I'll literally let go of my camera and we'll just sit down and chat. Uh, they'll have a beer or champers and we can spend you know 10 or 15 minutes of that portrait shoot literally just hanging out if there's good conversation. And then I'll practically... I'll, I'll do the same thing as any of their guests, engage in conversation. And then at some point when it feels right, pick up the camera, start taking some frames. Half the time, I think they don't notice it, but it's kind of hard to miss me. <laughs> and then once we all feel comfortable and we want to take some shots, or if it's at the start of the portrait shoot and we are feeling comfortable and warmed up already, sure, I say fuck posing, but there's obviously, you've got to put these people in a place that looks good. And you've still got to amplify those emotions that they're feeling right now. So it translates to the camera, right? 
So I do that through, um, you know, it's something that everyone else does. It's dynamic posing. It's putting them in a situation where I guess they can connect primarily with each other and not me as the photographer. Mm -hmm. So if I am posing them, it's not in a way of like, put your hand there and then move it up an inch and then look at the camera and then look at each other and Mm -hmm. laugh. I'm not giving them prompts like that. I'm genuinely talking with them. And if they respond back to me by looking at me, sweet, that's the shot. If they're doing that too much, I'll say, just answer it uh, to your partner and they get Mm -hmm. to talk amongst each other as well. I think conversation and being there in the moment with them really is the secret key to it. And there's lots of different ways you can do that by, um, you know, if you, if you need that laughing reaction, you'll make a dirty joke, right? Or mm-hmm. um, if you need some more sweet moments, uh, you will place them together. And I would generally only give them one cue of like, if you're standing there and we're taking some sweet shots, if that's what you want, which is what I want usually, just butt up, hips touching, and then we start a conversation from there as well. If they want sweet shots and they don't know how to get it, it's pretty easy. You just get them to whisper questions, Mm. answers, jokes, whatever it is, into each other's ears. You know what I mean? Or sometimes as well, like I'll get them to write a note to each other, a handwritten note, maybe weeks before the wedding of like the five favorite things about them or the five favorite um, experiences or just something from the heart. It can be one sentence or it can be three pages. doesn't matter. As long as I have it with them on the wedding day, we can crack it out during the portraits. It always brings tears. It always brings extra emotion as well. So there's many like totally different ways of doing it that don't require a forensic stale, yeah, yeah. do this, do that, et cetera. Because I know a lot of photographers are going to be in, like, are inspired by you, you know, like they are. And um, a lot will just be like, okay, cool. Be a good person. Tick. I can do that, right? Shoot from the hip tick out of focus. I generally do that. Tick. Okay, cool. Let's do that. And then they'll be like, get to the portrait shoot and just be like, fuck. And we all have that, right? Like, fuck, what now? Titanic pose. But you mentioned something there that you said a lot of us do that dynamic posing. Was that kind of the explanation of dynamic posing, which was a lot of communication? It sounds like they're just like really just talking throughout the whole time and they're just engaging with one another Is that what you call dynamic posing rather than static, I guess? Posing would be the opposite? Yeah, I suppose. Like, I guess the technical definition of a dynamic pose would be to um, come up with mini scenarios. Like, if it's cold outside and you want a lot of intimacy, you get them to warm each other up. And that Uh notion of them warming each other up and putting hands on necks, hands on faces, and all of that serves two purposes. It it warms them up, (laughs) you know, and it makes a little bit silly, which leads to laughter, makes it more comfortable, and you're getting great motion blur and great shots at the same sort of time. So I guess that is a technical definition of dynamic posing. So it's a mixture of that, but also not showing up as the photographer. I'm just a dude yes. with a camera taking some shots, having a conversation with these guys. And yeah, it's, it's literally about as simple as that, which fuck it, it makes me sound so wankery, actually, because... It's how it makes it sound so easy, like having conversations with people all day. And again, as an introvert, fuck that. Yeah. <laughs> but you sort of do it. And I guess if there's that passion for photography or that passion for mm. doing what you're doing and serving other people, then I guess it comes a little bit more naturally. And of course, there's those couples and there's those shoots where it doesn't work out completely that way. And you sort of just make do. Maybe there'll be a lot more walking shots or maybe they'll be mm. focusing on micro expressions, hand holdings, uh, crow's feet around the eyes, uh, little things rather than big epic things, if that makes sense. So there's always a bit of a tweak of the of the approach or yes. of the final product, depending on the energy of the couple. For sure. Hey, I want to flip it a little bit, Ben. 
say you get an inquiry and a couple getting married in March next year and you're free and it sounds rad. They've just like sent you a venue in the Blue Mountains and you're like, yep, sick, I'm free. I don't want to know how you handle the lead process or what you do. Let's say they book you though and then you have a have a yarn to them on Zoom or something or in person, you catch up for a beer. And it's like, we're getting married at this chapel. We're getting ready at, an, I don't know, hotel and our receptions at a hall, right? Because a lot of the work we see online from yours is quite unique, right? Are you jumping in there and kind of like helping them create a day that's maybe more them? Maybe, maybe not more them? Or are you giving any advice like, hey, this would be rad. Maybe we could go here. Or are you just like, fuck, I'll be there. Like whatever, it doesn't matter. Yeah, it's pretty much that okay. approach. I'll show up and we take it from there. I'm not really super involved with the planning. Yes. My role, I guess, in what I do is just making them feel as little stress as possible. So if I can help them with whatever stresses they're dealing with, with wedding planning, or if something's not coming together, I can give as much advice as they like because it's my daily thing. But primarily, I'm just putting nerves at ease, I guess. And um, most, I, I guess I'm pretty lucky in the way that when most people get in touch with me, what they have planned is already pretty much them. Mm-hmm. And that means that the venue choice is them and the music choice is them, et cetera, et cetera. But if there's a scenario where it's not them or it doesn't feel like them, I, I get to sort of change up that approach again and just focus on what's most important here, which is the celebration of their love. Everything else falls away in that case. If they're getting married at the RSL or you know, not to ditch RSLs, but like somewhere that doesn't feel like them, then it's, it's just focusing on who they are as humans, maybe shooting a little bit closer trying to uh, you know, get to know the real them as well. So it's always that fallback on shooting in and not at. It doesn't matter where you are. You can be in your pajamas in a car park with a dumpster fire behind you. You can still get a great shot if you're getting to know that couple. You don't have wedding packages. You charge by the hour. Is that right? That's right. Yep. Where did that come from? Yep. What, like, what made you do that? Well, it's a recent change. Um, I used to have packages and I've had packages for years. I've played around with showing them online, having a pricing guide, like PDFs and secret web pages and and all of that. But I guess I got my inspiration from um, Damn Dramatic and I guess the way that Jack Deja runs her brand as well, where it's no bullshit. I don't want to be holding anything back. I don't want to be holding any information back. I don't want it to make it seem like that I'm this guy who's going to, like I guess, worst fears realized, uh, who's going to inflate the prices because he's not showing them online, which I know is a fear that's been expressed to me in the past. Uh, and I never want to be accused of that, obviously. No one does. Mm. So, that, I mean, that that sort of addresses like showing, you know, work online or, sorry, uh, your pricing online. But as far as the packages goes, I am like so much more focused on the celebration of love. And I wanted to do it in a no bullshit way. And I found that by doing it with packages, I was locking in mm. couples for a certain amount of time. And it'd be like, whatever we can capture within six hours, nine hours, 12 hours, whatever it is, it feels very limited. And I don't want to put limits on anything. I like to creatively express and I like the freedom and I like the growth personally. And I don't want to put those things on other people that if I'm not feeling them in my own values, if that makes sense. Mm. Also, it works as a budgetary thing. Like if the couple, say if a couple reach out to me and they only want me for the ceremony, for example, uh, but I'm locked into you know all these different packages, mm. then um, it's doing them at a service. So I find that by doing it just 
per hour with a booking fee, GST charged on top. Mm-hmm. I, I can still shoot a full day wedding or I can shoot little bits and bobs mm. or anything. It's, it's, it's basically just getting back to being no bullshit about it, having a bit more levity about it and not getting too wedding-y about yes, it. For sure. Also, I feel that as a photographer or any other vendor, if you have like 12 different packages or fuck, like even three different packages yeah. with pretty names and set prices, it feels too much and mm. if i'm planning a wedding and i've already sussed out 20 different photographers and i come across say your work or anyone else's yes. work with that kind of package structure i'm going to discount it me personally yeah. like yep. because it's the same same even if their work is completely yes. amazing and completely different and everything still it says something to me with the way that they run the business if that makes sense yeah for sure so i i just really want to be doing something different and also for me, like I don't want to grow stale in, in in this industry or stale in my creativity or stale in business. I want to try different things. So if this works, I might stick with it for a bit. But yes. one day packages might come back or who knows, something else might happen. I might just start accepting Bitcoin only. Who knows? You know, it's just having that freedom to do whatever the fuck you want with your business yeah. and seeing, seeing what sticks to the wall. With this change that you've made going from packages, I, I guess, to this kind of hourly per basis, have you seen a change at all in terms of like, I don't know, conversions of inquiries that booking or more communication back to you to lead saying, or inquiries that are like, you know, are they saying, fuck, we don't know how many hours. Like, uh, no, actually, no. I guess my question is, has it improved your bookings or has nothing changed? I think that the quality of the booking, so to speak, has been improved. So that when people do reach out, They've already read my price guide, which is freely available on my website. And it means that they're ready to book yes. straight up because they don't have to email me for the prices. Uh, they know what they're in for. And if they have any questions, we have the opportunity to catch up through email or in a meeting. But usually when people just like mm. send me an email or you know get in touch with me, they're ready to go. They've mm. they got the booking fee ready. We talk about hours. So there's still that little bit of back and forth of like, like if they don't give me enough information in the contact form. Then yes. There'll be a bit of back and forth of being like, what do you want photos of? Uh, getting ready, ceremony, how does your wedding kind of look? Or how does your shoot look? Whatever that looks like. And then we come up for with a quote from there, send off the invoice. And uh, the way that I'm doing that is different as well. I started with a different payment structure, three easy payments, booking fee, a payment before uh, the wedding date, and then a payment after as well. But still not being locked into that they can still pay off the entire thing beforehand or whatever okay. works best for their budgeting. But yeah, I guess getting back to the question is like, yeah, when people reach out, they're just ready to book. They might have a couple of questions, but we get to get through that when we catch up for beers. So let's say I put an inquiry in and like, man, vibe in your work. You know, we're having a 12 p.m. ceremony at the Blue Mountains up on this cliff thingy. And we're entering reception at... 5 p.m. would really love a little bit of reception and stuff like that. My first thought here is like, do you suggest that, like, say if they're like, they want to do portraits and stuff like that, are you like, hey, this is the ideal time for portraits? Or are you more like, man, I can shoot at 12, that's no drama type thing? Yeah. So usually I will try and like adjust the time to give them better uh, photos. Yeah, so okay. I guess that's where light does become a little yeah. bit important. If um, like if they express to me that portraits and um, you know lovely work is very important to them, then I'll say, hey, if you're having a 12 p.m. ceremony, that might be a little bit tough. Have you considered moving it closer to sunset? Or doing away with some of these other things that you might have planned and like having just an open discussion about those things. Something that I've been doing like personally in my life is just 
going back through every single facet of my life and questioning like does this need to be here why do i do that why do i feel this way when this thing is happening so it's bringing that sort of philosophy over to weddings like why are you gunning for a midday ceremony why are you having a bunch of guests sitting down instead of surrounding you and celebrating with you standing up why is there so much regimentation in this so that's really the deeper point that i get to um, when i'm talking with the couples so yeah, but that said, man, it's a sliding scale. Like if they are gung ho on a midday ceremony, yeah. then I'll take them to places that'll work best for shots. I'll backlight them. We can go into a forest where it's mostly dark. We can go to a bar if we have that freedom to do that. There's lots of different ways to encounter any type of um, shooting scenario. Nice man, I love it how you adjust it for them as well. But you're also obviously a, a professional, so you're also going to give them some advice on if they have a specific location they want to shoot at you're like probably hey man it's probably a lot better at this time definitely absolutely and that price per hour thing man i mean when i first heard you're doing that i was like oh man that's that's cool i like this <laughs> i like it man i think it's uh and it also opens that um communication channel for you guys right because otherwise they get your pdfs and they just take them away and and decide like a chinese menu with 50 options whereas with you they're like Let's have a chat. I don't know what my wedding entails. We're having a 3 p.m. ceremony, but I don't know. And then you're like, man, tell me what you want. You don't need prep if you don't want your makeup. Nope. Absolutely. Absolutely. I don't want to lock them into doing anything they don't want to do. So yeah, it's just being open about that. Letting them realize, I think I think this is the bigger thing, man. Like a lot of people who are planning weddings, they're getting a lot of the information from online or like from vlogs or wedding magazines, et cetera, et cetera. A lot of people just don't realize that they can actually have the wedding um, however they want. They can mm. get married in a church and then, you know, run out to the car with lots of beer cans on the back and drive away into the sunset if they mm. want. Or they can have it in the middle of a festival or at the bar or in the kitchen at breakfast in the PJs, which I've done. There's so many different ways of doing it. And once they reach out to me and express that they want my work, that definitely opens up that channel of communication to let them know, hey, you don't have to do it this way if you don't want to. Like, who is this for again? Is this for you guys or is this to please the mother-in-law or is this blah, 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 you know? I want to make sure that they're going to be living freely and happily on their day and feeling fulfilled without any stresses or pressures or anything because who the fuck wants that on their wedding day? This day is supposed to be for the couple themselves, not for anyone else. I uh, obviously put an Instagram story up today to uh, see if anyone had any questions, man. And we're pretty stacked. But I'm gonna I'm gonna go through the latest. No, the the first one. Sorry, I'll get reverse backwards. And I'm just gonna rapid fire questions to you, man. First one. Absolutely love Ben's work. Stoked that he's on the podcast. I've seen on his mentoring page that he has an explanation of learning to channel your inspiration to feel your creative voice. What does that mean? That means taking note of your information diet, where are you getting your inspiration from and how you are using that or being mindful of how that's affecting you inside the body. Is that making you feel anxious? Is that making you feel negatively about a certain situation? And then on the flip side of that, is it making you want to get up and dance? Is it making you want to scream? Like if it's uh, music or live music or mm. movies or anything like that, are there certain techniques in that information diet that just set you on fire? And it's a matter of taking note of that and flipping it around and seeing how you can use it for yourself. Nice, man. Next one. Uh, what camera systems, I knew this would come, is Ben using? I use Fujifilm, a bunch of different cameras, different lenses that are not Fujifilm. Interesting. Okay, cool. Next one here. Does Ben ever think he'll do video? As I know he does GIFs and they're incredible. Does he ever think he'll be able to create cinema video? Oh, sweet. Not nah, never. Um, I played <laughs> around with video for a bit. 
And even when I did, it was using my mobile phone with a VHS emulator, which turned out pretty spectacularly. And I love the work, but I won't be doing it in the future at all. Okay. Okay. Interesting. This is probably a cool one. I've lost my creativity jam. Is there any tips in the ways that I can get this back? Oh, that sucks. I've been there so many times. Mm. What I do for me as an introvert who also you know, deals with depression and whatnot, I've learned that for me personally, I need to take a step back. Maybe I don't pick up a camera. Maybe I just watch more movies or maybe I go to some live shows or something like that. And I sit and wait until something sort of uh, tickles my fancy, if that makes sense. And it's a waiting game. It's something you can't push and it's something you can't mm. force, which is kind of the other edge of the sword mm-hmm. again when you're running a creative business because you have to be switched on like that. Yeah, it, it's, it's a whole lot that goes into the answer to that question. But there's also a lot of you know hippie mindfulness and healthy soul, healthy media diet and everything. I'd say if they're str- like really struggling with that, come and book a creative mentoring session with me so we can chat some more. Mm. That's a perfect way, right? That's podcast, learning, but I love it. It's fresh. He said, you can't force it because too too often, I think when we get stuck in a creative right, we're like, okay, go buy photo books, get albums, do this. And it's like, fuck, give me something. Like none of it's ingested, right? It's just like vomited exactly. out the other end, half as good. Yeah, absolutely. It's like you're, um, you know, walking around in the wild and this like beautiful little mouse uh, comes up your leg Mm. and you're like holding this mouse, right? And it's such a beautiful moment and that's your creativity right there. But as soon as you sort of like start grasping at it and holding it too tight, it's going to want to scurry away. It's the same exact thing with the creative energy and you really have to foster it in a nurturing and gentle kind of way. Mm. Mm. I'm going to go one last one and this is leading into probably a question I had. I see Ben's now doing boudoir sessions. I've never seen these before. Does he do them for wedding clients or is this a new creative outlet for him? Yeah, so I do it for anyone, really. Um, I've got a couple of bookings who are wedding clients and they just want an extra shoot. That's not just the typical engagement shoot. They want something that goes a lot deeper. And I think that's what feeds into what I'm doing with boudoir because it's not strict boudoir with like glam lighting mm. and like the purpose is to get sexy photos. It's not that at all. It's it's going even deeper into um, the intimate side of their love and the passion and everything that goes along with that. So um, I do them for you know couples. I literally shot one on Saturday and posted some shots on my Insta just then, which turned out fucking spectacularly as well. And I also do them for um, you know solo people as well who want to feel more confident in their body or like it's it's a very empowering experience i feel like and it's something that you don't get the chance to do you know just like there's there's no you know it's not a normal thing i suppose it's very niche and it's very special but the way i'm approaching it is like again not with the purpose of making sexy photos it's it's so much more deeper than that man so yeah i do it with a bunch of different people whoever really wants it couples um if you're in polyamorous relationships or if you're you know just solo or whoever like uh there's no discrimination that's always the expression of love and this is just another route where i can explore that in a creative and fun way i've got a question on the back end of that quickly ben do you feel like you're more creative during these boudoir sessions than you are for say a wedding portrait session no that's a really good question actually I find that when I'm doing something new, which is these new boudoir you know, sessions or could be anything else, just like anyone, you'd be a little bit more switched on and you feel a little bit more energetic. 
in that way. And as you see opportunity for great shots everywhere. Um, I've been doing wedding portraits for years. Mm. So yeah, sometimes it can get a little bit stale just speaking personally. But that said, the approach is exactly the same. Shoot in, not at. So if the couple have a great time while you're doing it, it doesn't matter if you're shooting boudoir or a wedding. Mm, love that. One thing I want to talk about here is like experimentation. Because on, on your website, you've got a little quote here saying experimentation without getting in the way. Because there's a lot of experimentation in your work, right? Yeah. Oh, tons. I always like encourage uh, people and myself to carve out, you know, at least five minutes, 10 minutes in any kind of shoot, uh, whether it be in the middle of your wedding portraits or any other kind of shoot to just try wacky shit, and, yeah. you know, that shouldn't be tried <laughs> or should be for that matter. Like, you know, laying on your belly and turning your camera upside down, shooting in black and white, fucking throwing the camera up in the air. And then when it drops, take a photo instantly. It's just so much more <laughs> that you can be doing that people don't generally think about. Like, yeah. I, like even I fall into this trap a lot of the time. I pick up a camera, I aim it to something that I like, and I shoot that shot. Yeah. But once you do, I don't know. I, I think there's a lot of different other ways that you can be doing that. So it's like trying to be open to those other ways, even if they feel dumb in the moment. You might stumble on a whole new technique that could change your work for forever. If that makes sense. Dude, just oh man, I love hearing that. It reminds me of Ollie. Something he posted on his Instagram was like stayed with me, and it was like the three laps or something is like the safety lap, the experimental lap and the reckless lap. And it's like, <laughs> you know, when you, when you get in the mix of it and you just like turn in the wheels and the cogs, you forget like that you're a creative. Sometimes you can, you can try things. And like, it's generally that thing that you try that you're like frothing on. You just after you're just like, fuck yes, that was sick. I want more of that shit. And it gives you a bit more freedom. Like the whole time I've been speaking to you, and it's like refreshing to hear, you know, spoke with Joel and spoke with Ollie and then spoke with Cy and then you. And it's like, it's so nice to hear that you're doing you. I know the philosophy is for the couple and all of that, but you're really true to your heart. And everything that you're doing and not creating, you know, and that's fine if, if we all have generic businesses or whatever, but it's not like speaking to someone that's running like a, a replaceable business, I, I guess, sure, because there's a lot of, sure. lot of personalization that you're doing, man. It's, an, it's incredible. Absolutely. Dude, shoot in and not at, fuck, I got a photo shoot this afternoon <laughs> and I'm shooting in, man. They're like x-rays. Oh, fuck yes. <laughs> so, Dude, I can't wait to see those shots, man, and hear how you go. <laughs> Just x-ray photos, right? You said in, right? <laughs> see how left yeah, where we can go. <laughs> <laughs> go ahead, yeah, full x-ray, full infrared. <laughs> <laughs> hey, my man. Hey, I want to... Um, first off, I appreciate you being here, mate. I know, um, yeah, it's been an honor to have you on. You've got so much more to give. I know I'd love to jump on early next year or mid next year and jump on with an, another one and see how um, the studio is going and see what's happening with Kings and Bees, mate. But um, could you give yourself a plug, man? Let everyone know where they can find you. Yeah, absolutely. So you can find me on Instagram as at Kings and Thieves. There's a little dot between the V and the ES. It's very tricky. You can find all my websites um, and other details from there. Dan Dramatic links, my personal photography links and so on. But yeah, thanks man for having me and I really can't wait to catch up again. Dude, absolute pleasure. I'll, um, I'll link out to everything that you've mentioned and stuff like that. And um, yeah, looking forward to uh, dropping this on live, mate. So thanks for being here. Wonderful. Thanks so much, dude. Appreciate it. Mwah.